Have you ever experienced an anxious moment? You have recall, I'm sure, recall with me, childhood anxiety. Christmas, three days, two days, one day, Christmas Eve, anxiety. How about birthdays? You remember when they were anxious days and they're not anymore? I I thought I'd never get to be 16, get my driver's license. I told you that story in Sunday school the other day. Oh, anxious about getting those licenses. How about the, you men, how about the first dates you ever had? <clears throat> now, you were anxious. You didn't know for sure you could ask her to go out with you or not, so you asked somebody else to ask for you. Wasn't that out <laughs> to do that? And uh, her eyes were blue and her hair was blonde, and uh, you were anxious to go out with her, and uh, where are you going to go, and... Um, what are you going to talk about? Now, this is not interesting to some of you all. You've never had that anxiety. But you will, or you have, and you're thinking about it now, I'm sure. Uh, now, what do we talk about? And, uh, uh, and you were anxious about what time you had to get her home because you had... How many of you had to go in the house and sit down and meet her folks? Boy, I'm blessed you. They, they don't do that anymore. You just drive up and toot the horn. Uh, something like that. Uh, how about that job interview? Were you anxious about it? Uh, you know, how about the first paycheck? How are you going to spend your money? You know, anxiety is, is present with us in every age and every stage of life. Uh, will I be healthy? Will I be wealthy? Will I be blessed? Uh, you know... Uh, I've experienced some anxiety in my time. Uh, I've been young, whether you believe it or not, and I'm now old. And I have a gift, and so do you today, that brings about anxiety. I get to preach God's Word. I'm anxious about it. Uh, I'm anxious about a few more days that I might have. By the way, I don't know how many. Do you? Do you ever get thinking about strength according to your days? You know, I will depart this life. I know where I'm going to be. Do you you know where you're going to be when you depart this life? Are you ever anxious about the thought of dying? I mean, nobody comes to church thinking about dying. But sometime in life, you'll be faced with the anxiety of death. Now, it could be sudden. It could be prolonged. So there's a personal question I I want to bring to you this morning. Are you anxious about departure? Do you know where you're going to be when death comes? Now, God's Word today will reveal to us truths that I want us to think about from the Old Testament in the book of Exodus and then from the book of Matthew chapter 6. And God's people, you know, were in Egypt. They'd been led and directed and guided there, and they were multiplying. They came, became mighty, and they were God's people. Now there was a king who came on the throne who knew not Joseph. And this caused uh, Pharaoh to be anxious about the growth 
of Israel. They could become mighty and powerful and they could join with other armies and overtake Pharaoh's power. So sin was cruelty in that Pharaoh decided that he'd put slavery on God's people. This was an anxious time. Sights and sounds were terrible. How about the sights you see and the sounds you deal with? Uh, Does the economy make you anxious? How about your health and how about your home and how about your family and, you know, anxious about your happiness? You think you'll be happy tomorrow. What would it take to make you happy? Is there anything that makes you happy? Or are you just anxious about everything and sad about it all? People live and move with anxiety. There was a rich man who desired to have bigger barns. And he got bigger barns. He had more of everything. And with that he was anxious about what he was going to do. But he didn't realize departure time was in the plan of God. And yet, more creates anxiety. It's possible that thieves will steal what you get. Rust can corrupt your Cadillac. And moths can eat a hole in your jacket. So there was a poor man who was anxious in the Scripture. He was anxious about whether there would be crumbs fall from a rich man's table, more or less. More crumbs? Isn't it amazing what we're really anxious about? And yet sin and Satan caused Adam and Eve to be anxious in the garden. Don't touch that tree, don't taste of that fruit lest you die. And they were anxious about what God said not to do, and they did it. Do you ever have any anxiety? Have you ever done anything God said you shouldn't do and you did it? What happens then, Sarah? You see, living conditions now down in Egypt, if we go back a moment, were deplorable. Sin was powerful. Slavery was cruel. And Pharaoh said, with the growth of Israel, I'm going to issue a decree that all boy babies born be killed. And uh, a pregnant mother must have thought, I wonder if the baby I carry is going to be a girl or a boy. For if it's a boy, it's to be killed. And yet in the midst of that threat and that anxious time, there was a woman who was blessed with a baby boy, and his name was Moses. And you know the story about that mother's plan for this child. And that child grew and was protected and blessed in an anxious, dark time. And of course, Moses grew and gained strong, and he could see the sights of his people suffering with cruelty of slavery. So one day he took all he could take, and in his own power he killed an Egyptian and hid him in the sand. But this was noticed by some other people of Pharaoh's group. And Moses had to flee for his life to a desert place. And there he married a wife and became a shepherd. Free from all anxiety. For how many years? Forty. Just caring for sheep. 
alone out there in the desert, alone but not alone. For one day as he was quite alone thinking, a bush caught on fire and it didn't consume. You smile like you've read the book. Isn't it amazing? A bush catch on fire. And from the bush a voice spoke and said, Moses, you're on holy ground. Take your shoes off. They were sandals then too, you know. That strap in between the toe. And so Moses listened to God. Or did he listen to God? My people are in Israel, in Egypt, in bondage, and I want you to go and free them. Now, Moses didn't know that... uh, God was taking full responsibility in His call. I mean, if God was to call you, would you respond or would you do like Moses did? He was a little anxious. A voice from a bush, a bush burning and not consuming. And why be anxious? But he was. Did this God have foreknowledge Did he understand the calling plan for Moses? Did he know the outcome of everything when he issued the call from the burning bush? So why are you anxious? Do you believe in the foreknowledge of God? Do you really believe He has a plan for your life? Do you know He knows the order of your steps, the thoughts of your mind, and yet you're anxious? Wouldn't you really like to know what I've thought about this week, knowing I was going to come back to Bethlehem? God knew it, but you didn't. But you're getting to hear a little bit about my thoughts as I preach my sermon. Yeah, I've been anxious about getting here today to tell you that anxiety is a power on all society. So uh, Moses responds to God's call. It sounds like people I know because Moses said, uh, God, by the way, I don't know if you know what I've done. Now, can you imagine uh, Moses thinking God didn't know he killed that Egyptian and hit him in the sand? That ought to disqualify me, God. You you know they know all about me. And uh, uh, you know, God, uh, I, I don't know who will I tell them sent me. I mean, you called me to come here today, so I I could say you called me, but uh, if if somebody called you to go to somewhere and witness to somebody, and you go, who? What would you tell them when you got there? Why am I coming? Who who sent you? So Moses thought. Now you know. I I just don't know if if all this is going to work or not. Uh, uh, If I do go. Will it be all right? Who will I say sent me? Uh, and then Moses, he, he really did, he was anxious. I don't know. Have you ever noticed how you, how you get anxious when you don't want to do something God wants you to do? And it almost leads to restlessness besides anxiety. Uh, God said, uh, uh, Moses said, God, you know, I'm not eloquent. I can't speak like James Jones. <laughs> I just thought I'd put that in there. And have you noticed I don't worry about the way I speak and sound? I don't think I pattern my life after anybody. I'm just James Jones, kind of proud of it. I love you for loving me. Well, uh, uh, God said, uh, this thing of speaking, Moses, I just want to ask you a question. Uh, Who made your mouth? 
who was it that caused the dumb to speak and the deaf to hear? And that ought to put a man on his heels. And so Moses must have thought again about this call of God. But God, uh, who will I say sent me? Me. And God said, the great I am, the God of your fathers is sending you. Tell them that. Now, I mean, if you get the call of God to go to talk to somebody, don't you give excuses why you can't, because you're in better shape than Moses was. And you can do it if God calls you, because He never calls anybody that He doesn't equip and provide and take care of. You're looking at a boy that's been blessed and taken care of for a long, long time. And he did it through God's people in the pew and God on the throne and God in the world to bless us all. Yes, the great I am. Now, in, in, in time, God said, Moses, I just want to know another thing or two about you that you don't think you know about yourself. You know, he knows all about you. He said, what's that in your hand, Moses? Are you with me? And Moses said, well, it's a rod. Now, it would have been a walking cane in Monroe County. But it, it was a rod. And I, I hate to tell you, you'll stay a little longer with you. God said, put it on the ground. And he did, and it turned into a snake. And you have to watch what happens then. He said, take a hold of it. And he did. If you don't take a hold of what God asks you to do, it'll never change into blessings. And you do know what happened with that rod, don't you? When they got to the Red Sea, it was with the power of God. He raised it in His hands and the water parted. Let me tell you, if you have God in your heart and His love in your soul, there can be some things parted and some things changed in life. What's in your hand? Oh, I thought we better get to the great good part. Matthew chapter 6. Are you with me? I say to you, take no thought for what your life is, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what your body shall you'll put on it. Is not your life more than meat and your body more than raiment? Behold the fowl of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not better than the birds? Which of you can add to his statue? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow, they toil not. And if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is scorched by the sun's heat, gone. Why do you seek these things that are gone so fast? Your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. So who supplies all of your needs according to the greatness of his power? He's the giver of every good and perfect gift. Now are you with me? Matthew six thirty-three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Is that your scripture? Have you really sought him first? Have you looked at what you have? Do you have any anxious desire of what you really want? If you seek Him first, do you believe He can provide for you as well as the birds of the air or the grass of the field? Take no thought of your tomorrow. 
Anxiety comes when you try to change and control things. And it's out of our control. Let me take you to the Gospel of Acts. And there was a servant of God on a ship. It was a slave ship bound for Rome. And the man was Paul. And uh, they get out at sea and they get into a storm. A terrible storm. And 14 days there was no sun by day, no moon, no stars by night. And the ship bobbed in the sea like a cock and... The sailors were frightened and so they thought we better throw away things in the ship we can get along without. And so if you look around in your ship, in your life, and you throw away some things you can get along without, can you make it through the storm? And so they lightened the load of the ship. And uh, Paul finally came up on deck, hanging on, you know, in the storm. And he said, I want to tell you something. The God I know and the God I served spoke to me and said, there'll be the loss of no life. Now you think that didn't calm anxious sailors and calm their spirit? Do you suppose you can calm anybody's anxiety by saying it's going to be all right? What do you think parts of this world think today when there's possibility of invasion by Russia? How anxious would you be if somebody was at our borders at Canadian area or at Mexico coming in to kill us? How anxious would Israel, is Israel today knowing that there are those who want to destroy Israel? We're living in an anxious, sinful world. And by the way, they made it through the storm. And Paul lost his life later. But was the God who called him with him and blessed him through all those things that happened? You see, belief and trust comes alive when you really say, the God I serve and the God I know said it'll be all right. Now we need this sermon, I do. How about you? It's going to be all right. I mean, it doesn't look so good. It has a terrible sound to it. But the God I serve said it's going to be all right. I have a son that I sent to save you. I have a son who went away to heaven. And this son I'm going to send back for you one day. You think it's not going to be all right? I mean, they can kill our body, but they can't touch our soul. You see... In our world, we're in a care program directed by God who sent Jesus to love us. And yet man's do-better program fails on every hand. Did you get my point? Man's do-better program's not going to make it better. There was a time everybody got together and said, we're going to make a tower and reach heaven. And that sounds just about like people I know today. We're just going to get our everything okay. And so they begin to build a tower and work and, and do things to reach heaven. 
And do you know what happened? Anxiety came and they couldn't even talk to each other. Somebody called for mortar and one would call for water and they couldn't understand each other. And that's called confusion. And we've got it today because folks are still trying to get to heaven on their own way. Works and plans. You can't do it. How do you get to heaven? Jesus said, I'm the way. And there is not two ways. I am the way. I am the truth. And when man is confused by it and tries to tear it apart, it tears him apart. And so confusion and anxiety exist with us in a strong power today. Sin's really serious. I guess you know it by now. The wages of sin is death. A lot of folks don't think it's going to be that way. You know, I can't help but tell you about Lot. He lived in a sinful city called Sodom. I don't want to tell you too much about it because you'll think we've got cities in America just like Sodom. And we do. We sure do. And one night, Lot had some visitors come by, knocked on his door. They wanted a lodging for the night. And he let them in, welcomed them in. And the men folks of Sodom came and knocked on Lot's door and said, Give us these men that came under your roof that we may know them. And know them was a man knowing a man. And uh, now Lot, he had just a little religious streak in him about that wide. And he said at the crack of the door, Don't you boys be so wicked. Now, wasn't that a witness? And, and, I mean, how did he know that man to man was wicked if God hadn't revealed it to him? How did he know? He didn't really know that judgment was coming soon on Sodom, and it did. But Abraham knew enough to share that righteousness preserves and protects and sends a reproach to any people. And so fire did fall upon Sodom and consumed it all. And yet our world is begging for help but turning to the wrong source of help. Where do you want to be? How anxious are you to be in the right place with the right heart? It is a troubled world, no doubt about it. Sin and Satan has not decreased. Sin's abounding. It's becoming more visible every day. Do we need a visit from the Lord? Or are we too busy to have Him come by? One day, Jesus was planning a visit, and He came by Mary and Martha's house. They must have known that He's coming by. They he had love for them, and uh, they loved Jesus. And so Jesus came by, and it, wasn't it wonderful that he had a, a friend named Mary and Martha? Oh, wasn't it greater that they had a friend named Jesus, and he came by their house? Just as soon as Jesus got there, Mary sat down at his feet and listened to everything he had to say and, and just took in every word he said. But now Martha, 
the Scripture says, was cumbered about by many things. Now, I'm sorry, women, I know. Martha, she said, now, I don't think the house is clean enough. And it, we've got some straightening up to do. And, and by the way, we've got to sure enough feed Jesus a good meal. And, and so she came out and, and, and she said, uh, uh, Jesus, don't, do you think that Mary ought to help me? And I'm here left alone to do everything. And he's, she's just sitting at your feet. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're troubled about many things. But Mary has chosen that good thing that can never be taken from her. You got it? It's amazing what we're cumbered by and what we're doing today that we think has to be done. And we've forgotten this thing that can't be taken from us, my salvation. You can take my right arm, my left arm. You can take my eyes. You can knock my... You can't take my soul out and my presence of the Lord and His power in my life. You can't touch it. It's eternal from God. What's your anxiety about today? Could it be that you're anxious about your soul that's never been cleansed of sin? Could it be anxiety related to the fact that Jesus has spoken to you and wants to come by and you don't want Him coming by. <laughs> Is He near to you today? If He really spoke to you and asked you to trust Him, would you? If He called you and wanted you to serve Him a little bit different than what you are now serving Him, would you say, okay, Lord? No wonder we're anxious about everything, cumbered about all the troubles. And we've forgotten that what He wants to give us can't ever be taken from us. And you know, I just can't give you a full glimpse of what He's promised for us because He's our Savior and our Master and our Lord. He talks about heaven but he talks about blessings on earth if you'll be obedient to me and trust me with all your heart. I'll take care of you. Oh, what a care program we're under. I'm in it. Jesus is the one who cares for me when my heart's sad. When I'm lonely, I'm never alone. He's there. He, you know, he speaks to me sometimes at night when I turn the television off. You can really get good connections with the Lord when you turn it off. Mm-hmm. You can't hardly connect the Lord reading the paper, watching television, but when you... Do you ever get anxious to be with the Lord in His presence and hear His Spirit? Do you think He's here this morning? Have you been anxious about what He would do? What does God want to do in your life right now? If you're lost, He wants to save you. If you're saved, He wants you to live for Him. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Live for today like this is all of it. Because do you really have any promise of Monday, Valentine's Day? I mean, if you're going to tell her you love her, start in right now. Don't wait till Valentine's Day. 
If, if you love the Lord, is it going to be tomorrow or is it today? Trust Him and believe Him in everything you do. Let's stand. We'll sing together God's invitation in just a moment and as we prepare. I don't know how you'd like to respond in this invitation. It's not mine. It's just the Lord's. And He said, if you'll come, I'll meet your needs. If you're a sinner, I'll save you. If you're a servant who's not obedient to my call, I'll help you be obedient. If you'll just consider the lilies of the field and what you are compared to them, I'll bless you. Holy Spirit, do your work that I can't do. I've shared your message, Holy Spirit. Lord, I've been your messenger, but all I can do is to take the word. You take it to the hearts of those who've been receptive today, and I'll give you praise for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing hymn number 141. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. Take thy cross and follow.
been good and gracious to us? Will we be true to the song that we were just singing? That's what it takes. To deal with anxiety, you don't go alone. He goes with you. God loves you. You've been so prayerful and so caring. Are you excited about next Sunday? I've never met your preacher. I don't know what he looks like. You say he's tall and used to be real big like Murphy, and now he's a little... Oh. Sure enough. All right. Well, I'll just kind of sit on the side and be quiet a part of the time. But I'm anxious about it. You know, you've told me so much about him, and you've shared your love to him through me, and I'm grateful for it. And ask your friends to come with you. I mean, to think that you've got a man who has a heart transplant, who could do that except God? I mean, I never dreamed it. Well, I, did I tell you folks I've got a pig valve? I mean, you, that's why I grunt a lot. But, I mean, you can't hardly tell it. And when he comes, you can't hardly tell. I mean, Murphy, you didn't know I had a pig valve. I, it's amazing. I, I don't ever like to tell it in the big crowds because, you know, I am kind of <clears throat> rough shot anyway, I guess. And, and that, that's because that. But it was a really a nice pig. They had fed him. And they told me that. And uh, forgive me this. God bless you. Does anybody have just a happy heart, something you think God wants you to say? Brother James. Uh, Charles, I knew probably your cup was already tilted. I am overwhelmed by being here in this service this morning. I've been down. I've been up. I've been everywhere I guess a man could be. But this morning and a whole lot of my life since I lost my wife, I hope that it's been a whole lot for him. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. And I can't, seeing Brother Joe back today is a great blessing. Yeah. Seeing all these people here is a great blessing. And think of how God has took care of me ever since I come into this world, or even before I was born. Huh? Why, you've been reading the book. Well, I'm telling you, yeah. he started taking care of me when he made dirt. Okay, huh? yes. Now, 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 I thank him for all of it, and I hope I never forget it. You won't. Praise the Lord and thank God that we're looking forward for Brother Paul coming back next Sunday. Absolutely. What about it, folks? Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. I love him so. I love him so, I love him so, he's so good to me. Everybody going to live. Thank you. Yes, yes, God bless. Well, listen, he's even good to, good to the bad people too, they don't know. That's right. Yeah, sun rises and sets on the just and the unjust. Well, we all preach this right now, they want to go home, Charles. <laughs> Uh, now, some Sunday you come expecting to praise the Lord and see if the Lord will bless you. I mean, Charles and I are dear friends. You folks know that by now, don't you? Good. I don't know how you all to take this. Now, Charles, if you don't want this told, you better stop it right now. But you all know the Huddle Hut in some of these cities and the, you know, the place where they have uh, most of the, what are they called? Waffle, waffles. Freedom, Kentucky's got a Waffle House. Uh, I went there last Sunday right after church. And, I mean, 
<clears throat> eggs and sausage. And I, I requested toast. I don't like biscuits. There's too much dough in that. And But anyway, you've got the gift, the drift. Charles invited me to his house. Treated me like king. He said, now it's all yours, preacher. Just anything you want to do. Well, I was scared. I mean, I, he said, this is yours. And I, he, he'd heard that from somebody else. And and, and I, I was trying to be nice. I just sat in two or three chairs. And But anyway, Charles in the presence of your friends that you love. Thank you for loving me. Can you imagine a man who won't take a, an old man home for breakfast? And I had to ask my wife if it would be all right if I'd be late coming in, and she said yes. I wouldn't know if I'd stop again today, and I said, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. I'm blessed. Can I close this with prayer? Bless you. Bless you, Carlos. Bless you. Thank you, Brother James, for stepping in, you and, and Brother Eric as well. Y'all really uh, filled a, a gap that we were missing there for a while. We really appreciate you coming and letting the Lord work through you all and it being a blessing to us. Thank you. Thank you. Didn't he say that just right for you folks? Amen. I, I think the voice is pretty good. I know his background. You know, a man could be proud on his own, but it's not me, it's Christ in me. I'm so glad that my preaching, my speaking communes to your heart. If you're blessed, it's because of God. I'm just who I am. God knew what I'd be and who I'd be. You keep being who you are. You're important to someone. Don't be anxious by the cares of the world. You're in the world, but you don't have to be of the world. Uh, we, I, see, when I start early, I, I keep remembering that usually I don't start till 11 o'clock. And <laughs> you folks have gotten me off balance now. And I just, uh, if I have to go to one of these other churches to keep everything just right, I don't get to stay long. Let's pray. I need. Lord, do you hear my prayer, my thanksgiving, my praise? You've blessed me with many people to hear and some to believe and allowed me to share some seed. And Lord, if I can't see the increase today, there will be an increase. Please bless this church. Guide them in their ministry every day. Thank you, God, that they care for each other and they love you and they love their shepherd, their pastor. Bless, I pray, the plan, Lord's day that comes and the joy that will be the churches and the pastors. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can go home now. <laughs>